0: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll. On Fridays, we roll, and River City Roll is much more than a bowling alley. Got an incredible seasonal menu, pizza, wings, burgers, Tater tots, fries, a hopping cocktail scene, dog-friendly patio that is covered and heated. Live music on the weekends, uh, live music and brunch on Sundays, which is fun. I've been here before and so much more. Head to River City Roll today. Tell them AWOD sent you. And here it is, a football Friday. And it's joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. It's time to catch up with our buddy from D.C., Matt Valdez from the Junkies. What's going on, Matt?
1: Adam, how are you? I'm doing well.
0: I'm doing good, man. It's uh, good to talk to you. It's been a while, and uh, yeah, I did I want hey, to congratulate I... you.
1: Yeah, last time I, I wanted talked to congratulate you, I believe you I went 4-0.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you did. But I did want to congratulate you on a great bit with the Junkies with uh, dressing up as, what was it, Tony DeVito and doing the whole yes. Italian bit and pouring, uh, you know, sauce all over cakes. He's, you know, totally taken over as the new AWOD character of the Junkies. And uh, I thought that was really well executed.
1: Well, I appreciate it. Coming from a pro like yourself, uh, it means a lot, especially someone who likes to commit to the bit. And uh, I I appreciate Cakes for being such a good sport. I still can't believe, I still can't believe he talked himself into doing that. And I also, I still can't believe that, for whatever reason, Commanders fans think that they have some sort of uh, superiority complex over these inferior teams. It's just, it's crazy the bravado that that people have about the Commanders.
0: I know. From from things that happened 30 years ago. Uh, Yes. It's so wild. All right, so let's get to the segment here. It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks.
2: It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. Presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Awad will be joined by one of the donks behind the glass, Drab and Valdez. He's the sexiest man on the planet. To go through the best college and NFL games of the weekend. Weekend! Weekend! Don't weekend. sleep on this segment every Friday at 1245 on Awad Radio.
0: And I did want to start the segment with this. I mean, that was a hell of a football game last night. And obviously, listening to the Junkies this morning, I could tell Drab was disappointed. But I thought the Seahawks put up a, a heck of a fight. A great Thursday yeah, night yeah.
1: game, Valdez. Yeah, I I thought so too. Gino looked really good. Uh Trav was definitely in a bitter mood. Uh you could tell that he stayed up late and he kind of saw his season slip away with the Seahawks loss. Um you know, ever since the Ravens kind of broke the Seahawks at M T Bank Stadium, they really haven't been the same kind of team, right, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not just me, but it's just Ever since that loss where they just really got pounded, like they just haven't really recovered yet, and Dak looks good, you know, you better you better hope you don't see the, the Cowboys in the playoffs because the Cowboys at home are a, a, a different animal. They are a juggernaut at home. But I will say about the game, it is, dude, I got to, these refs got to, like, keep, keep it in check, man. The, the game was just so many penalties. It's just so laborious watching a game like that when you have 19 penalties for over 400 yards. Uh, and, and it just it seemed like they just walked the Cowboys down the field on a couple of drives. You know, yeah. it's not a ref show, people. People, are, people want to see the quarterbacks. They want to see explosive offense. But you know what? We don't need to see you saying holding defense number 24 every five seconds.
0: No, Valdez, I, I think to a bigger point, you could argue that officiating is down in all four major sports over the last few years. And honestly, who would all, ever want to raise their kid to be a referee right now?
1: <laughs> it's Yeah, I know. It's, a, it's I, know, I understand it's a tough job. And, I you know, in the NFL, you really only have 16 games to, to make or break your season. And you re- in every game, you really only have about – 10 to 15 drives, depending on how the, the game goes. And within those drives, you have penalties. And those penalties are just game-changing penalties, uh, uh, whether it means you are going to score or not score uh, in that drive. You know, 15 yards, think about it, for the, for the football field, is 15% of the field. So if you're gaining 15% of your yardage on a drive just by one face mask call or one late hit call. These these calls that the refs are making are very, they mean a lot in these games. It's not like a, a missed ball or strike where you have 162 games in a baseball season and one missed call like that doesn't necessarily determine your outlook for the playoffs or not. But when it comes to the NFL, everything is so important, everything is so magnified that one call can cost you a game and that game is the meaning of making the playoffs or not. Just, it, it, they're very significant, and I don't understand how referees are not not, not blind, but just how they're missing calls like this because the, the scale is so big.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Valdez with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline for Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Need the energy to stay up and see your late-night picks go up in flames? Easy. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code AWODRADIO Radio to save some cash. Your picks might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. Don't sleep makes you great. Valdez, we'll get to my lock of the week right here and. My lock of the week is Detroit to bounce back. They did not look good on Thanksgiving, uh, but I do think that they are a very good football team this year that's going to win a playoff game. Yes, they're on the road in New Orleans, but I think the Saints are overrated at 5-6. and six. I think the Falcons probably still win that division, even with the terrible quarterback play from Desmond Ritter. So I've got the Lions to win and cover the 4.5-point spread. I
1: like your pick, Adam, especially because I know the Saints have a lot of injuries, and what's even worse is, you had Alvin Kamara, their their star, saying to the press that the offense doesn't have an identity. You, mean, yeah. you have your star player saying something like that during the media, they're heading up to the week. It's not look, It doesn't really look good for the Saints. So I really like the Lions to bounce back, especially after a lot of rest, after the, the loss
0: of Thanksgiving.
1: And I expect Dan Campbell to really have the boys buzzing.
0: Absolutely. What's your lock?
1: My lock of the week in the NFL is I'm going with the Commanders Dolphins under forty nine and a half. I kind of think this is going to. I kind of think this is going to be like a little sleepy game. Uh, I think Eric enemy and the offense is really going to try and establish the run. He's been getting a lot of criticism for being pass happy, but in order to keep that explosive Dolphins uh, offense off the field, you're going to have to try and possess the ball. You're going to try to run the ball and think about it. The Dolphins, even though they are explosive in the past, they are a very good running team. So I think it's kind of a ground and pound game for both sides of the ball. I think it's posted at 49 and a half, but I really think it's gonna go under. I think it's like more like a twenty kind of like a twenty six nineteen Dolphins win.
0: Being a great radio producer, I know you love bets and bits, but your pick there is going against our bet that we're having a 10 the fan between Michael Phillips and myself MP really believes that Ron Rivera is going to call the plays and make a difference and this defense will improve. I just think it's going to get worse because I, I actually you know, think Jack it, Del Rio, as bad as he is, is a better coordinator than that dinosaur Ron Rivera. So I've got the Dolphins scoring like 45 on the Commanders. Wow,
1: that's cr- that's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm with your colleague, Michael Phillips, because I feel like Ron can make a difference. And then it's not just Ron. It's bringing in someone who's more experienced on the defensive backs coaching side. Think about think about the staff. They got rid of some Mickey Mouse high school coach who was doing the D-backs help, and now they brought somebody in from Buffalo who really knows what they're doing. So it's, it's kind of like a stock, Adam, is that we're buying low right now. Uh, we're buying uh, the fact that they had a lot of time to prepare. We're buying the fact that Jack Del Rio's out out um, after seeing the Cowboys just run up as many points as possible. So I, I like this spot that they're in. I, I really do think Ron can can make a difference and to be honest I said this on air with the junkies I said you think I'm you think I'm kidding but I guarantee you on Monday we'll be talking about keeping Ron Rivera on as some sort of defensive coordinator defensive <laughs> defensive consultant if he can hold Miami to, to 21 23 points during this game
0: oh. oh my gosh I'm gonna blow my brains out if that happens uh, let's get to your <laughs> sports tilt of the week Valdez
1: oh it, it's definitely in college football I am so angry at all these people who want to knock Florida State out of the top four playing for the college football championship if if they go undefeated still look the whole point of playing a season is having a resume for the committee to see and, and, and to select you that way the committee's job is not to prognosticate who they think would be the best matchups in the final four in the college football playoffs. Florida State plays in the ACC. They play in a big boy conference, and if you go undefeated, you deserve to, to play for a national title. If this was the scenario last year, teams like TCU wouldn't even make the college football playoffs. And you know what they did? They went in and they housed Michigan. These teams, just because a backup quarterback is playing, does not mean they should not be deserving to play for a national title. Look, backups win championships too. Just ask the Eagles and Nick Foles. It
0: happens. <laughs> That's a great point, man. I love that tilt of the week. My sports tilt of the week, I I talked about this uh, all week long, is that it's end of November, now it's December 1st, and the commanders aren't even in the hunt. And I was saying, I I live in the hunt. I've lived in the hunt for 30 years. My team's never a contender, but usually when I watch Sunday Night Football or primetime NFL, they show the graphic for teams in the hunt, and I can always grasp that Washington's in the hunt. We're not even in the stupid in-the-hunt graphics right now, and that's what's so tilting
1: that might be an all-time low but i completely understand what you mean especially when you add a, a, another week of football right and another and another playoff spot and a wild card that's almost like every team's in the hunt if your team's not in the hunt then you might as well you might as well pack it in
0: right yeah i have no reason to watch <laughs>
1: uh well i mean you can kind of you can analyze the roster you know you're, you know what you're doing you're analyzing who you want to be on this uh, team next year
0: yeah I guess you're right. As a, ra- just-
1: as, a Ravens fan, as a Ravens fan, I don't have that problem, Adam. I'm lucky <laughs> enough. <laughs>
0: hey, well, I'm lucky enough to have a Ravens Super Bowl bet on FanDuel right now uh, that will win me 300 bucks if it comes true.
1: Well, that's awesome. I know that yeah. you're going to find out who the Ravens are in the uh, next coming weeks. I know after this bye, they, have, uh, they host the Rams, but after that, they play San Francisco. They play Miami. They play the Steelers, and I believe they play, oh, I forget their last one, but they, they have the hardest remaining schedule heading into the playoffs.
0: Oh, man. that's So tough. you're going to really I, know who they are. Valdez, before I let you go, will you be heading to Pamplona before my favorite restaurant in Clarendon closes down for good?
1: You know what? I'm looking at my calendar right now. I'm
0: trying to figure out a day uh, to go up Friday
1: or Saturday uh, for one last hurrah uh at the best bar in Arlington. I thought about you a lot, Adam, cuz all <laughs> of those memories, you should be like the the goodbye grand marshal. <laughs>
0: I know. I'm waiting for Chuck Lee to send a limo to take me from Richmond to Arlington.
1: Yeah, yeah. How much? Yeah. How much is a, How much is an Uber XL from Richmond to Arlington? <laughs> or Uber I'm sure Black, he can afford it. They it. They've they got say.
0: like twelve Taco Rocks by now. He can afford that.
1: Uh, yeah, I think they have one in every single mun- municipality in Northern Virginia.
0: Valdez, <laughs> well, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Yep, follow Valdez on Twitter at matt valdez uh, Matt underscore Valdez. I'm at AWOD Radio. Don't quit anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The fan now at 105.1 FM broadcasting live from River City Roll, and I'm here at Lane 13 with Gary Hess, who's going to take over and do the play-by-play.
3: Okay, I am on the call here, and Awad has uh, had back-to-back spares to open here on lane 13 on a, a, a properly mood-lighted lane. He's going to get set. Let's see. We have to do the whisper play-by-play as he gets ready. There he goes. The bowl and the spin doesn't quite take effect. Misses the head pin and leaves the head pin and a couple others standing. So he's got the 1 3 6 left to pick up and we'll see if he can make it three spares in a row. So with the seven pins he gets 36 for the second frame and now we'll try to pick up the spare, the head pin and the 3 and the 6 to the right of it. Here he goes, the lefty spin. And he's going to take too much spin, and he picks up the three and the six but leaves the head pin. You know, it takes some doing to knock down the other nine and not leave, not hit the head pin. You know, that, you know if I told you to do that, I don't think you could do it. So now we go with the open frame. He's sitting on 45, going into frame number four. Let's see if he can regroup. The spin, the roll. And he gets the head pin that time, and he picks up the 10 and gets the strike. It looked like he was going to hang the 10 pin, but at the very last second, somebody got it just to tick it over, and it fell, the delayed fall. and You know, it's it, you, you kind of enjoy the strike more. The explosion strike is great. But you really enjoy it when that 10-pin gets,
0: uh, ah, okay, it's going to go. Yeah, that felt good. That looked like one of those, is it going to be a 9? Is it going to be a 9? Oh, it's a 9.5, and, and now it's a 10. And,
3: you know, the late spin, it looked like the head pin was going to get hung out again. You barely got it, and it, it set things rolling. Well done. Well, Thanks for the
0: play-by-play. No
3: problem. I can do that. Notice I went to the whisper when you, I, I like you that. said that. I yes. like
0: that. <laughs> it's a new rule on the fan. On Fridays, we roll. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910.
2: It's time for the Richmond Commander.
0: Are you ready for The
2: phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio. The Richmond Commander.
0: Question of the day is the same question everybody's been talking about here in the DMV. D.C., Maryland, and Virginia down here in Richmond as well with Michael Phillips. What do you want to see from the Commanders over the final five games of the season. Brian Mitchell said it best earlier this week when he said the final five games of the Commanders are basically an interview for every single person in the building to see if they can be a part of the future of the franchise. So what do I want to see this Sunday when Washington takes off, takes on the Miami Dolphins and then a high-powered offense? I don't care if the offense goes for 45 points. If they go for 50 points, I don't care if... Ron Rivera's defense, as he's calling the plays now, gives up 70, just like the Denver Broncos. But what I want to see is the offense get going again. Sam Howell doing a great job leading the league in yards, but he's also leading the league in pass attempts. Can he stop turning the ball over? That's my biggest issue as of late, is now that he's had 13 interceptions for the season. He's kind of snowballed out of control over the last few games uh, just throwing interception after interception after interception. Remember, he had three in the loss to the Giants, one last week in the loss to the Dallas Cowboys. That's four in the last uh, two games. And before the Seahawks game, he had a streak of three games in a row within interception. So can Sam Howell play turnover-free football this Sunday? That's number one thing I want to look at for Sam Howell, right? Turnover-free. Number two is... Can he continue to throw for 300 yards? He's gone over 300 yards l- like seven times this season already. Can he keep that up? His high this season was 388 in the loss to the Chicago Bears. Can he get over 350 in a winning effort, though? That's what I would like to see from Sam Howell this coming Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Number two is I want to see Eric Bienemy improve, not as a play caller, but as a play caller with the rushing attack. I really think that the the throw design and the play schemes for pa, uh, you know play action passes, drop backs, seven step drops, double moves, all of that I've been totally cool with. Everything Eric Bieniemy calls offensively with that's a pass play I've liked, you know getting the running backs involved, swing passes, screen passes. What I haven't liked is the rushing attack. And I do feel like we've got the right guy in Brian Robinson Jr. We just need to get him the ball more creative ways in the rushing attack. But let's take a listen to offense coordinator Eric Biennemi talking about being in this same seat for six seasons and trying to improve as a play caller.
4: Well, first of all, this is not my first time as a play caller. I've been doing this now for for six seasons. So I've been in this role. I've been in this seat. I've been in this chair. And uh, certain days are better than others. Obviously, you want every day to be a perfect day. But – it's been fun. Obviously, you want to be at your best, and you always want what is best for your players. And so, at the end of the day, you just keep striving to be striving for perfection and hoping that you can achieve that excellence. But we all know that you, it's a work in process every single day.
0: I think most Commanders fans would agree that Eric Bieniemy has done a good job taking over the offense coordinator role for Scott Turner. He's working with a young, uh, basically rookie quarterback in Sam Howell. The offense has improved more points per game, more yards per game. But as of late, they have had the yards, but not the points to follow. Just 19 in a loss to the Giants, just 10 in a loss to the Dallas Cowboys. What happened to the 30-point burger that they put up uh, week two against Denver? Or 31 in both losses to the Philadelphia Eagles? I want to see the team fly high on offense, get to the red zone, and then convert. What's gone wrong in the last two weeks? Well, let's listen to head, uh, assistant head coach Eric Bieniemy about the past tough couple weeks.
4: Good afternoon. Hopefully everyone had a, uh, a great holiday that was safe and sound with their family. Uh, obviously, we've had a couple of rough weeks here. But the thing I like about our guys, our guys are, are working. They're getting back into it. Hell, today is situational day. And uh, we're working on our Thursday, third down as we prepare for these Dolphins. Got another challenge ahead of us. Fired up and looking forward to the, uh, to the opportunity that's going to be presented this week.
0: And it is an opportunity for the Commanders to actually get back into the playoff picture. Stop! I'm gonna. I'm, I'm upset at myself for what I'm going to say, but if Washington can somehow upset the Miami Dolphins, they would put themselves back into the in the hunt category here because. All that's ahead of them is a bunch of five-win football teams. The Saints, five and six. They've got a tough game. They'll probably be five and seven. The Rams, five and six. The Packers, five and six. And then a couple six and six teams hold the sixth seed and the seventh seed uh, in Minnesota and Seattle. And so uh, as much as I don't really want to see this team win another game this season, I'm okay with the tank, right? I want a higher draft pick, but I've said multiple times, it's just not in my DNA. It's not in my DNA. So a win against miami and i think i can grasp one more time what are you thinking about that stub uh yeah
5: i'm not i'm not gonna bite on that (laughs) no i i i I, like maybe we'll be on the board for in the hunt but i don't think we'll really be in the hunt
0: yeah but it would just make me feel better to be on that graphic you know because here's the thing is we're not gonna catch arizona two and ten for the worst record in the nfc or the one and ten carolina panthers so it's, like, it's not like we could get any worse uh, if we just lose games here. And if we win just one, it would make me feel positive about the offense and just put us in the, in the hunt graphic. Maybe I'm the only one that cares about that. Are you rooting for the Commanders to win or lose this weekend? You can chime in 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105 One FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll as there's a new rule here on 910 The Fan, a WOD radio on Fridays. We roll and stub. It's actually awesome because I'm getting free bowling lessons from Ken, who works here at River City Roll. He is a professional bowler, stub. He Ooh. owns nearly 50 bowling balls. He told me, I got to do a better job of picking a target and aiming. Don't throw the ball. Roll the ball. Also, apparently, I've been chicken winging, which is really good when you're out to dinner, but not good when you're bowling. So uh, I finished my first 10 frames. Final score, 107. Not bad. That's not good enough. I'm doing another 10. I'm doing another 10 before the end of the show today as we broadcast live from River City Roll.
5: I'm going to be out there tomorrow. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm planning on heading down with some friends to, to roll.
0: Awesome. Try to stop by and and see me before then. I'll hook you up with a a gift card so you can uh, take care of your friends with some booze. And I will do that. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline to go around the ACC is Mark Packer. What's going on, Mark?
6: And I'm doing well, and I would say anytime it comes to bowling, uh, the inclusion of alcohol has always helped. I've always found that to be the case. (laughs) Always.
0: How how much how much do you usually bowl a year? How many times would you say? Uh,
6: I would say less than one appearance a year. Less than one.
0: <laughs> did you did you like bowling growing up?
6: Uh, not necessarily, but uh, if it involves bourbon, I've always again. If it, you can throw some bourbon <laughs> in there. I would be more inclined to go to the bowling lane. That's still normally how I work.
0: (laughs) I love that. All right, let's get to this ACC championship game uh, between number 14, Louisville, really impressive season, and number four, Florida State, as FSU will now have to play without their quarterback, Jordan Travis.
6: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Again, there's all kinds of rumors, even with Tate Rodemaker, about his condition after the Florida game last week. We'll see what happens, but... You know, keep in mind, uh, they didn't see each other this year during the regular season, but they did play last year in Louisville, and ironically, Jordan Travis got injured in that game, and it was Tate Rodemaker who came in off the bench in the second (laughs) quarter to lead Florida State to a a 35-31 win. So it is kind of bizarre that we've kind of come full circle, but this time, obviously, the stakes are a lot higher. Florida State playing, not only their first ACC title since 2014, but obviously a college football playoff bid, and I think really for Louisville – I think they're going to go to the Orange Bowl whether they win or lose. So they're coming off a really disappointing, heartbreaking loss last week to R tribal Kentucky, uh, a game that I thought they were going to win going into it. So you kind of wonder about their mojo a little bit. But this week you're playing for a title. Louisville's never been in the ACC championship game, trying to win their first conference title in terms of a championship game. So, again, weather could be an issue tomorrow. The weather folks are talking about heavy rains throughout the course of the afternoon and into the evening and how that affects the game. We'll just have to wait and see.
0: Of course, we're broadcasting live here in Richmond, home of the Hokies and UVA. And the consensus I've gotten uh, speaking with ACC fans here is that we have to root for Florida State because it is important for the ACC to get a team in the college football playoffs. Do you agree?
6: Well, I think that if, you, if you're if you wearing an ACC uh, hat, I mean, you know, for what I do for a living, working for the ACC network, it would be all of our best interest to see a team in the college football playoff for the first time in the last couple of years. But, you know, quite frankly, I think Louisville has more than a puncher's chance tomorrow night. I really do. And if they can play a clean game, which has really kind of been their bugaboo, when they lose, it's normally because they get loose with the football like they did last week. But if Jack Plummer, uh, who's incredibly accurate, going up against a great Florida State secondary, I think, again, both teams can run the football. They've both been able to play terrific D in terms of putting pressure on the quarterback. I think Louisville's got a shot tomorrow night. I really do. But as far as the best interest of the Atlantic Coast Conference, I think it would be great to have a Florida State in the college football playoff. I don't think there's anybody going to argue against that if you're an ACC fan.
0: Mark Packer with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from the ACC Network. And follow him on social media at Mark Packer. Check him out, ACCPM. Uh, let me ask you this, because uh, there has been a lot of fun on social media this past week with Hokies fans saying this isn't even a rivalry anymore between UVA and Virginia Tech as the Hokies have won hmm. 19 of the last 20. How would you respond to that?
6: Uh, I think those those numbers are pretty strong. I mean, I thought that game would be at least somewhat competitive in Charlottesville, but uh, if you look up the word ownership in a dictionary, you may just see Virginia Tech football beside Oahu. So uh, it's kind of hard to argue with what Virginia Tech has done to Virginia on the gridiron. And given the fact you got two coaches that were seeing each other for the first time in that game, uh, I thought Virginia Tech was really impressive. And they were really kind of hard to figure, right? I mean, the last month, You know, I I thought they'd be competitive at Louisville. They were terrible. I thought they'd go to Boston College and get spanked by a Red Hot BC team, and they put up uh, 600 total yards. Uh, You know, so they've kind of had the yo-yo thing going on, but they really had their A game against Virginia, and they seem to always have it. So that would be something for Tony Elliott and his guys to have to figure out because there's no doubt when it comes to football, uh, Virginia Tech has had Virginia's number. There's no doubt.
0: Yeah, and I'm wondering how you would grade year two of the pri era for the Hokies. I mean, finish 5-3 and three in the conference, it's impressive. Bowl eligible now with the win over UVA, finishing 6-6. Six and six. And they've got their quarterback moving forward now with Chiron Drones.
6: Yeah, you know, we saw them when we do our camp tours in August. I, I uh, had the uh, honor to be back in Blacksburg. I'm married to a Hokie, so I get the chance to go up there a number <laughs> of times. But uh, I thought that they could get to six wins. Uh, to me... Uh, just watching their practice in August, and I was there the year before on the camp tour, uh, and when I saw Coach Prize first team practice, I'm like, man, they just don't have enough dudes, and sure enough, they go on and only win three games. They were much more athletic in practice, at least to the eye test, uh, in August. I thought they could get to six. I thought that was really the right number for them. Uh, I've not been right about a lot of stuff with ACC football, but I was right about Virginia Tech, so... I think they're on course. I can't, you know, To me, the key for both Virginia Tech and Virginia is to be able to recruit. And there's enough players in the great commonwealth of Virginia that if you keep some of those big-time players at home, you got a chance. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how actually both of those programs do from a recruiting perspective. But I think Coach Pry's on the right track. Uh, I'm not so concerned about the 5-3 and mark in conference play because I think a lot of times it depends on who you play. Uh, yeah. But the good news is they're heading in the right direction. And so from three wins to six is certainly improvement. I think just the eye test alone, they are much more athletic. I thought they found some pieces on the defensive side, too. So I think if you're a Virginia Tech fan, and if you look at the 24 schedule, not that you have any idea what a roster is going to look like in this day and age of the transfer portal and everything else, I think it's a really manageable 24 schedule, too. So I think, again, if you're going to do the old Dabo thing and say, hey, is it Virginia Tech a stock? I would buy the Hokies. I really would. I think they're heading in the right direction.
0: Going around the ACC with Mark Packer here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. Let's talk a little ACC hoops here college basketball. Uh, Who has been the most impressive team that you've seen so far this season? That's
6: a good question because that's exactly what I asked on the show yesterday at 4 o'clock when we got cranked up. Um, I don't know the answer to that, and I, I wish I could give you one but, you know, we just got done with this ACC-SEC challenge. Uh, both the men and women ended up 7-7. But quite frankly, I, I, as an ACC guy, I kind of feel like they both lost because the men were up 7-4, to and the SEC won the last three. And last night, the women were up 7-1, to lost the last six games. So they, both of those ended up in the draw. But as far as the men go, uh, you know, Duke and Miami were the highest-ranked teams. They both got beat. Duke on the road at Arkansas. Miami got smoked at Kentucky. Uh, Virginia suffocated A&M with their great defense, which you expect, especially at home. They're always good. I-, I thought North Carolina maybe played their best 20 minutes of basketball I've seen in a long, long time. And maybe the sleeper team is Clemson. I mean, they probably had the most impressive win in the ACC-SEC Challenge, going on the road and winning at number 23, Alabama. The Tide had won 19 consecutive games at home. And the Tigers are big, and they're strong, and they've got guards. So I think it's kind of a free-for-all. I think those are the five best teams in the league. Put them in whatever order you want as we roll into December. But I think North Carolina, Clemson, Virginia, Duke, and Miami are the five best teams in the league.
0: Yeah, and UVA, the Cavs now 6-1, and one on the year and bounced back, really, after the disappointing defeat to Wisconsin with the two-point win over West Virginia, and then, like you said, looked really good defensively against Texas A&M. What do you think yep. is the missing link right now for UVA? A lot of the fan base has told me they're, they're kind of weak down low.
6: Yeah, and I think that's a problem for Miami and Duke as well, which makes it kind of interesting when you kind of, how's this thing going to play out? Uh, like any other team, you know, if you make shots, you got a chance to win, and when Virginia makes shots, uh, given how consistent they play defensively, they're going to win a bunch of games. But I think they can be had inside. And I, and right now I'd say the same thing about Miami and Duke. So, you know, you can't all of a sudden after a, a, you know, a month into the season, as my dog goes nuts, uh, a month into the season decide, hey, you know what, let me just go get a couple of 6'11 guys and we're good to go. So Tony will have to figure something out from that perspective. But again, they do such a great job switching the great defensive team. I still think they're going to win a bunch of games, but that is going to be an issue for not only Virginia, but a couple other uh, big-time programs here in the league.
0: Mark, always appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Lastly, are we going to see any big upsets in College Football Championship Week?
6: Boy, i tell you what, it has been uh, fascinating to just kind of watch with the national talking heads. There's been a lot of SEC pom-pom waving in the uh, ESPN airwaves, (laughs) uh, almost to the point where I'm wondering what in the world they know something that I don't know, I mean – We've been doing this college football playoff thing now for 10 years. The thing I've always known is you're a power five team and you go undefeated, you're in. Uh, And all this talk about Florida State and Alabama, I mean, Alabama's eighth. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, if Texas wins the Big 12, you mean Alabama, I don't care if they beat Georgia or not, that's going to flip-flop over Texas. The last time I remember, Texas went down to Tuscaloosa and beat them by double digits. That's got to mean something. So, uh, you know, we really haven't had a weekend in college football this year where we've had chaos. So maybe it waits to the very last second for everything to go nuts. We'll find out tonight. should be a great game in the Pac-12. Ironically, the last time we'll ever have the Pac-12. But the Oregon-Washington tonight will kind of set the scene, I think, for all weekend long. But I'm just glad we finally got to the championship game, and hopefully by uh, Sunday the committee figures out the four best teams, and let's let it rip and see where it goes.
0: Yep, no, absolutely great stuff. I can't wait till we get to 12 teams next year. Mark, thanks so much. I appreciate
6: it. You got it, Adam. Again, happy holidays to everybody, and appreciate it, man.
0: Take care of yourself. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833 804 833 It's been an entertaining week here at the radio station. Got back from Disney, did my show Monday from Capital Ale. Five minutes before getting on air, I realized I left my stinking laptop at TSA in the bin in Orlando. And all week long, we've been tracking it. Mission Impossible, return of the Mac. Get Awad his laptop back after he lost it on the craziest travel day in American history as more than 2.9 million people went through TSA checkpoints on Sunday following Thanksgiving. I made it home at 4 a.m., but without my laptop in hand. Uh, luckily, though, TSA sent us an email on Tuesday, said they located a laptop. On Wednesday, I sent a friend to go pick up the laptop and ship it. On Thursday, it showed up at our apartment, my apartment complex, where I sent JC on the mic, the producer of Michael Phillips' show, to pick up the laptop, and we retrieved the item. Stub, all the haters said that thing was long gone, but I got my laptop back. What a week!
5: And me and Michael were haters. Yeah. And I. I yeah. But you got it.
0: I mean, you guys, you just. We're openly saying there's no way I'm getting that laptop back. Uh, A lot of people were tweeting me, hey, check the local pawn shop. Uh, Somebody probably stole it and sold it. A lot of people said, well, you're lucky your birthday's next month because you're going to have to buy a new one. But here I am today still using my same baby. How about that? But you guys (laughs) know before we close the show today, I do want to get to AWOD certified game of the week.
2: This is AWOT's certified game of the week. Officially recognized as the NFL game this weekend that is certain to meet the qualifications or viewing standards set by football guys around the country. Touchdown! 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 Diving for the left pylon! He's in for the touchdown! Guaranteed to be a football guy's football game.
0: So the last few weeks, we've really had some entertaining contests chosen for the certified game of the week, right? We had the the Super Bowl rematch. You had the Bills involved in, in a close game there uh, against the, 40, uh, the 49ers or you had the Bills against the Chiefs. I mean, there's been a lot of good football. At this point in the season, we're playing for playoff seedings, and that's why this week's Certified Game of the Week, I think, is an obvious one. It sticks out to me. I'm sure it sticks out to most NFL fans who looked at the schedule. No, it's not Chiefs-Packers. No, it's not Bengals, Jags, even though there's a ton of playoff implications in that one. It's not the Commanders. It's not the Lions, Saints. My lock of the week is still the Lions to win and cover the spread. But the certified game of the week, guaranteeing that NFL viewers across the country will be locked to their TV and talking about this game come Monday morning at their offices. And that is the San Francisco 49ers traveling across the country. From the West Coast to the East Coast to Lincoln Financial Field, home of the Philadelphia Eagles. Can the 10-1 Eagles host the 49ers and come away with the win? Even though the 49ers are traveling across the country, the line right now is favoring the Niners by three. Um, but I do think the Eagles win this game. I mean, Jalen Hurts has just been having an incredible season once again. We talked about it earlier this show. They went 14-3 and last year in the regular season. They might have a better regular season record this year. They're already 10-1. and They've gotten through most of their tough opponents. Uh, this The 49ers game is not going to be easy, but they just came down from behind by 10 points in the fourth quarter last week to defeat the Buffalo Bills. Jalen Hurts has been the king of the comeback multiple Comebacks from down by ten points or more, double-digit comeback victories. He ran into the end zone to win that one after the Bills scored a field goal in overtime. Stubb, what do you think? I mean, this is the lock to be the game of the week, I think, and I am predicting the Eagles to win, uh, probably by a touchdown. I'm going to say Eagles 27, 49ers 21.
5: I, I I agree with you. I I think I think Eagles win. I think only by like a field goal though. I would say something like thirty-one twenty-eight Eagles, uh, but I also might mention I think yesterday could have been the game of the week as well, depending on how yeah, this goes.
0: No, no, that's a good point because that was it was really entertaining. You had a total of seventy-six points being scored, a ton of offense. The only reason I would argue not to be the game of the week is there was too much laundry, right? Yeah, I mean, there it, were flags yeah. on the field every every freaking play.
5: That was entertaining to me because I thought it was funny, but in terms of like actual football being played, that's a fair point.
0: Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, before we get out of here today and hand it off to Grant and Danny, you guys know we like to close the show on a Friday, a football Friday, by officially predicting the Washington Commanders game as they're 4-8, but host the 8-3 and three Miami Dolphins from FedEx Field and Landover, Maryland. You just heard Rick Snyder talking about it. I'm, I am interested to see... How much burgundy and gold is going to be in the stands? I have a few friends that are Dolphins fans that I know are making the trip. Uh, You don't think of Miami having a ton of people in Washington D.C., but uh, that fan base is fired up because the team is playing so well, and the the organization has been going in the right direction over the last three seasons. They went all in on Tua, brought in Tyreek Hill, has had a ton of success, and they are the most higher-powered offense in the NFL. This just in from Adam Schefter, Devon Achan. In. He will be. He was listed as doubtful. He will be in playing for the Miami Dolphins, who also have Raheem Moster, who leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns at 13 this year, and they have Tyreek Hill. So I think everyone would uh, would agree Dolphins win this game, but by how much and what is the final score? I do think the offense gets going for the Commanders. Sam Howell will continue the trend of having a turnover, uh, and that might be the backbreaker there for the Commanders and why they lose this game. But give me the Commanders' offense to put 24 points on the board, Dolphins, though, score 33. Dolphins win 33-24. to That's my prediction here on AWOD Radio. I appreciate everybody listening to the show this week. Everybody who tweeted us or called in at 910 the fan at AWOD Radio. We appreciate it. We always like to make this the most interactive radio show possible. It's Grant and Danny coming up next, and then I'll be back on The Fan here at 6.15 for the extended pregame show. It's VCU hosting Norfolk State on the fan. Grant Danny coming up next. Happy Friday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. This has been AWOD Radio.